Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? All right, welcome on back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Monday night, November 7th. My name is Jake Luke. I'm joined on my screen by Spencer Nathaniel Schultz, whose hair is looking just better than ever, I might say. And uh, things are looking good for the Ravens, who get out of New Orleans with a 27-13 to 13 victory down in the Big Easy. Big win. Get them to 6-3 and three going into the bye week. How's it going, pal? It's going quite well. The Ravens do get a delightful win on primetime as we see some some tail end of people saying, oh, you know, Harbaugh 4-7 straight up against the bye in the last 11 or whatever, things of that nature. And the Ravens did have a long week, do have the bye up ahead, are playing a team that was fighting for their kind of life a little bit, a New Orleans team that is usually a good organization with good management and structure and things of that nature. And the Ravens go down there and just do the darn thing for four quarters, save, you know, one goofy play towards the end that kind of makes it a little interesting. Um, you know, it wasn't quite perfect, but it was a pretty relaxing game to, to watch as a fan for the most part. And the Ravens are just playing – again, they're just building into complimentary football. So it was a great win. It's a really fun time for them to not need guys like Mark Andrews or Gus Edwards and still go be efficient and effective and do the darn thing. So 6-3, and three, man, feels good for them. Yeah, definitely. It, uh, it got off to – you mentioned sort of the, the low-stress nature of it. That felt really good to uh, not have a game like that. And there were certainly moments, I think – Early on, I believe, I don't know if they went three and out, but they definitely uh, they didn't get off to a great start offensively, I think. And the defense, they didn't force a three and out, but they forced, I think. I guess you would call it, you know, they pick up one first down, then they stopped them. So not quite one, but it, it felt like the defense was going to show up early on. And the question is, what is the offense going to do? And then uh, they kind of started to get into a rhythm from there. They go on the touchdown drive, which the first touchdown of the night was uh, that play that we've talked about uh, since the Bucks game with the uh, sprint right and then uh, kind of fake one and then throw it up to the tight end, which was likely in both instances. He scores on this one. So uh, 
that was awesome. And then, yeah, kind of just take control from there. The offense was just doing their thing uh, on certain drives. There were other instances where they maybe didn't, which we're going to get into, obviously. But story of the night has to be the defense, man. I mean, guys making plays all over the field. I think a lot of credit is owed to Mike McDonald. You got Marlon Humphrey getting a critical sack. You got Justin Houston, two and a half sacks and a uh, the interception, which really kind of clinched the game here. Uh, so just really, really huge performance by this defense. And <laughs> Roquan Smith, uh, I guess we can kind of start with him. He looked awesome in those early drives that I mentioned with the uh, defense there. So, yeah, just an all-around awesome performance by the team, but the defense really stands out. Definitely does. And offensively, the Ravens in the first half go 6 of 8 on third down were able to dig themselves out of some weird situations and hit a couple rushes here and there, end up having Lamar Jackson just throwing some darts all around the yard. And it was an up-and-down night for Lamar, um, accuracy-wise, whatever. I think a couple times it looked like a little more throwaways. He was playing calmly. I have really enjoyed watching him develop this pirouette that I think he has fabricated to make defenses think he's scrambling, knowing that it's going to allow him to reset his feet in the pocket. And it worked a couple times. So that's been a fun little development. Uh, the third down game for the Ravens was spectacular. And I'm so excited again, to just be doing the money down series. They're just giving me outstanding content. Ravens go nine of 15, 60% on third down, which was the deciding factor offensively, defensively, they hold the saints to three of 11 and really, you know, suffocated them. I think in the first half, they were uh, one of six in the first half. So in those high leverage situations, Ravens are well coached, well disciplined. And I think that's where they've really started to emerge and what their identity as a team is is starting to be that they handle business on the money downs. And it's it's really been a joy to watch. You see guys like James Prochet step up. You see Likely make a couple plays. You see Demarcus Robinson make a couple plays, get himself open a lot. Lamar Jackson says after the game that he's frustrated. He kind of missed two touchdown opportunities to Demarcus Robinson. Even Deshaun Jackson comes in, gives you, a, you know one one really nice catch, two really nice catches before he goes out with a hammy. Just two on point, two on the nose for me. Just Geez, man, one game, and, and Deshaun Jackson's already got a hammy. Just it was written in stone. So there you go with that. Um, but you know, Roquan Smith comes in. Kyle Hamilton gets robbed of an interception. Justin Justin Houston, Clayus Campbell, uh, you know, Tyus Bowser getting some action. Oa getting some action, forcing things. They tackled really well, really, 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 really well. Patrick Queen kind of being a an assist man throughout the night in the first half as well. And um, really, the whole unit played super well. So those high leverage downs, they took care of business. They frustrated Andy Dalton. They didn't turn the ball over offensively and turn the ball over defensively. And when you're a team that has such an efficient run game, if you don't turn the ball over and force a turnover, you're probably going to win most of the games you play. So they have a nice formula going on right now. And I don't know, man, it's uh very, very fun to watch. Yeah, no, it is. I think uh, a lot of guys, it felt like, roles were found for certain players like it, it felt like they immediately knew what they wanted from Roquan and they got it out of him it felt like that brought more out of Patrick Queen you know it looked like they were disguising blitzes with one and then sending the other and it was just really quick kind of cool creative shit to see from McDonald felt like a role was found for Hamilton who you mentioned he got robbed of the interception but they were playing a lot down towards the line of scrimmage he was just making really solid tackles and uh, making some plays and coverage here and there it looked like too so Nice game from him for sure. I mean, Houston, He I tweeted out the Ponce de Leon uh, portrait. That's kind of, it feels like he really is dipping into the fountain of youth here. I think he's like third in the NFL in sacks or something like that right now. So just huge, huge, huge game from him, obviously. Calais Campbell, quietly a good game. I think you mentioned him as well. And 
we didn't really hear Geno Stone's name, did we? So, I mean, Olave had a couple opportunities in this game. He got away from Marcus Peters in the end zone, but uh, Dalton just kind of put it over him, airmailed it a little bit. So uh, ultimately the defense, I don't think they were tasked with a ton. It was really just kind of like, and I think we mentioned this, it was just like make your tackles on Camara and, uh, you know, do what you can do against Olave and let the chips fall where they may. And that's kind of where it wound up being with the defense. Yeah, they didn't have uh, uh, Rashid. Oh my God, his name is escaping me. Shaheed. Last name is Yep, didn't didn't let him make a go go make a play. Taysom Hill comes in, they start doing all that BS and get a little frisky there, running some read option. He's smiling with his big pearly whites and runs over uh, Marlon Humphrey. You know they didn't really have any error on special teams. The Saints didn't, so I think that they overall did a nice job. And again, man, just they're a very well disciplined defense right now. And if you're not turning the football over, like it's okay. And the game ends up mounting into this huge frustration for Lamar late in the game. They keep coming to the line and then trying to check with three seconds left and timeout gets called. And really it seemed like from the TV copy that uh, they, they got away with a couple of delay games early, but uh, just started, started trying to do too much at one point. It grows into this mounting frustration, but then the defense immediately turns the ball over and allows the offense another chance. So just like it's what we said before this game and what your brother said, kick the field goals. Don't turn the ball over. Take your, you know, low-hanging fruit. Get these younger guys some reps, these inexperienced guys some reps. Let this defense go to work. And that's what they did, man. And it got to the point where, and I know that it looked like he was catching a lot of flack, but it was like they had to try to pick on Marcus Peters because they didn't know where else to attack. And if, you know, and and they did, and they should have scored a touchdown. Peters blew a coverage a little bit, played super inside leverage, it looked like, and the receiver, you know, ran a corner. And I was watching the Manning cast and they're joking around that like Peters was pissed, but it's like, what are you mad about that? Like he ran that route and you're like, don't run that route. You're not allowed to. Uh, but you know, if, if, if that's where you got to go, like this is a really good defense. Kenyon Drake steps up, carries the ball 24 times. Um, and, and some of those were messy at the end of the game. He has a couple that lose yardage and that's sloppy, but I'm, I'm sure if you go to, to when the win probabilities were between 10 and 90%, where you kind of can eliminate some of that garbage time stuff, probably ran the ball four and a half, five yards a clip had an 18 yard Lamar Jackson ran the ball effectively. Uh, just didn't make mistakes. The offense just didn't make a grave mistake that allowed the Saints to stay in the game. They kicked the field goals. They got in a scoring position. You know, they, they weren't perfect, but they did enough to go let a defense go to work that was superior in talent, was superior in depth, and was superior in scheme to the Saints team. And man, going into six and six and three, going into the bye, the Bills lose. You know, the Chiefs look very mortal in many ways. They have a tough division. You know, they're fighting the Chargers to the death. I mean, AFC's wide open, man. And I don't know. It's uh, anybody's ball game right now. And this Ravens team just looks like it's clicking more every week. Yeah, if you win the turnover battle against a team that just can't make explosive plays, that's going to be a good recipe for you. And uh, I mean, the Ravens, like, you know, not a ton, of, a ton of explosive plays for them. Definitely not through the air. You mentioned the rushing splits a little bit. Lamar carried it 11 times for 82 yards. So he actually was the leader in average by a, a decent margin there. He had seven and a half per carry uh, long of 17. And I guess that was one shy of Drake's long. But yeah, just uh, those guys were kind of the, the two headed, uh, you know, two headed spear there. And I was a little bit worried when it got announced that Gus wasn't going to play ultimately because I was wondering how they were going to approach things. Were they going to maybe have a lack of physicality? But man, Jackson runs with a little bit of physicality, man. And like people were mentioning uh, towards the end of the game, they were kind of concerned about, 
his usage there when they're up two touchdowns and they're running it with him. And I was just like, you know what? Like he's the best player on your team. You, you give him the ball in those critical situations, just like you did against the Bengals and he goes on a game winning drive for you. So I don't mind it necessarily, but uh, it definitely feels like he knows, uh, especially with Andrews out of the lineup and Bateman now gone for good. He, it feels like he knows he's got to be the guy. And I think that shows positively in certain situations where he is picking up those critical yards on the ground. I think it maybe shows negatively a little bit when he's running flushed out to his right and he needs to make a throw to Demarcus Robinson and he misses behind him. And then he has a couple other ones like that. So it kind of is what it is. I think um, the frenzied frantic energy has gone away a little bit. I think it's been replaced by a little bit more passion, a little bit more fuck it. Let's get this thing done. Uh, but it still also does show up in spots. I mean, that sequence near the end, like near the end of the game when um, I believe the, they were maybe only up by uh, 10 at that point or 11 and uh, the offense just short circuits. I don't know what happens. And um, they, they get the snap off late. Lamar just spikes it into the ground because he's pissed off. It buzzes Ronnie Stanley's tower. Stanley gets mad at him. They're yelling at each other. That carries over to the sideline. They wind up, you know, making up and being okay because they're adults and it's fine. But just uh, situations like that, you, you really can't have that kind of stuff against better teams. That's not going to get it done. I mean, sure. But it's, it's just still early in the season. And considering where they were, with who's playing with Linderbaum being a rookie, likely being a rookie, Prochet not having a ton of experience. Demarcus Robinson's in his first year with the Ravens. You're filtering Deshaun Jackson and you're filtering Benjamin Victor and Kenyon Drake's in his first season. Justice Hill has never really played a ton. He's been here for a couple of years, but it's not like that's, you know, someone that you have continuity with even Ronnie Stanley back in, you know, all these guys, Morgan Moses in year one. So if that's the, the worst of the game, then you end up looking like you looked by winning a football game. So, uh, able to make a couple key throws in key situations, able to scheme some things up, get some yards after the catch, yards after contact. Kenyon Drake ran really hard, really physically tonight. So, uh, I mean, we, again, we're just at that point where it's like teams are starting to separate themselves a little bit and the playoff teams are starting to to rise, it feels like. And the Ravens are going to be one of them, man. They, they truly are. Uh, you have stupid bonehead decisions and, and rushing, but it's like now you go into that bye week. What is your major issue that you kind of got a little too excited late in the game, trying to put a game away, like stick the final nail in the coffin, and you ended up taking three points because you didn't really make that huge fatal error? Uh, that's that's something you can build off of going into a bye week. So it, it couldn't come at a better time for the Ravens with Andrews banged up. They somehow skate through a back to back primetime road. NFC South gauntlet a little bit, you know, not that either of those teams are kind of like death's row, but road primetime games, Thursday game. And then in the Superdome on a Monday, as, as I keep referring to you saying budgeting for a loss, it's like, if you would have gone one and one there, it would have been fine. They didn't, they won. It's awesome. It's exciting. And you know, jo Josh Allen, not that I, you root for him to be banged up, but it's like the bills have had a couple runaway games. Sure. But they're mortal. You already hung with them once. The Chi, you know, Rashad Bateman was banged up in that game. And I don't know, you know, you can get into receiver talk if you want all that good stuff. But just like it, it just also I mentioned the Seahawks last podcast episode. Look at the Titans. They stick Malik Willis in there and they have a defined game plan. They execute well. They play good defense. Defense is dominating this year. And they go by Roquan Smith in Baltimore. And I don't know, man, the, the formula is there. The formula is there. The logic is there. And would really love, you know, this is my fan fiction is just that I would really love for them to sign Lamar Jackson to an extension throughout this bye week, take the pressure off of him a little bit 
And I feel like that's your identity. That's what you rally around, that you have a badass defense, you have a good offensive line, and you have a quarterback that's dynamic who can make plays with his legs or make plays through the air. And watching Justin Fields and watching Malik Willis and watching Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, it's like, it's the way, man, the, the athletic quarterback that can make plays with their legs. And I was watching the Manning cast, and they're just like, it is so different when the pass game isn't working. You don't have to force it to work. You can just use that 11th player who's a dynamic athlete and it opens up another area. It accesses basically like, it's like, oh, you can only access 10% of your brain. It's like when you have a mobile quarterback like that, it accesses another 20% of, of plays that no other team can run if you don't have that kind of situation. So um, the parity is at an all-time high. There's no kind of elite dog in the AFC. It looks like the Eagles or the Vikings, I guess we should say, are starting to really class into the the top of the NFC. But why not the Ravens, man? Why not? Yeah, they might not be peaking yet, and that's probably a good thing. But it feels like they're finding out who they are at exactly the right time. And they're six and three. You know, your two and one win to loss ratio heading into the bye, and then you've got this easy stretch in front of you. And I wrote that article about the summer changes that they made to all their programs preseason games practices training uh regimens nutrition all that stuff and getting ready to as opposed to what Derek wolf was saying getting ready to peak at a different time to peak a little bit later to get yourself in better shape for january and i got killed a little bit in the comment section by people like oh this is you're writing this shit too early like what are you thinking like you know are you on the ravens like payroll that kind of stuff it's like it was a little bit of a predictive article i think but i think this serves as pretty good evidence right now that you get guys coming back healthy. Tyus Bowser looking pretty good tonight in some limited action. Roquan Smith coming in at the right time looking good. You just got guys coming back left and right that are going to keep helping this team, and that is without Gus Edwards and Mark Andrews on the field. And yeah, they're just they're in a good spot to compete in this AFC. I'm with you on that. None of these teams are perfect. I think um, the Chiefs and the Bills obviously are always going to be really tough because I think Allen and Mahomes are just on a different planet uh, when they're at their absolute best. But you know they've been uh, they've shown themselves to be mortal more often than they have in years past. I think, it, especially the Chiefs. I think they're they're kind of the team that I have the most respect for. But even then, this season, I'm like, you know what? Like any given Sunday with those squads. So Ravens, no, uh, Ravens well. show the that Dolphins, they have the heart on the road. Go ahead. The Dolphins lingering out there too. Yeah. If, if I had to pick a, I love the Dolphins. I picked them to make the playoffs. We did preseason predictions. But if I had to pick a, a house of cards that's a team that is not deep and there's a lot of season left. And I feel like this is a good year for the Ravens to be deep and figure out how to work those guys in. I don't, I don't know, man. Jackson immediately tweaks his hamstring. That is probably a sign of more things to come. Talk about so, a scheduled tweet. I mean, my God. Exactly. So, you know, Prochet steps up the last couple of weeks here, likely steps up even though late, you know, they get that nervous, shit going on at the line of scrimmage and he drops a pass. It's like that is not the confidence and the quiet and the calm that you need. So that is where they need to focus themselves is operations and getting to the fucking line. And I, I truly, I think at times it has been Greg Roman tonight. It was like deer in headlights central from the offensive line and from likely and some of these guys. And it's like, that's why Lamar flipped out on the sideline. He's yelling at players for minutes and minutes and minutes. I love that. I love that he's passionate and then he's pissed off and that he wants them to get better. He needs to command them. You are the general. You are the quarterback. I love it. I love that he was so ignited and was last time as well. 
in lieu of, again, doubling down on the Skip Bayless article, basically, that he's uninterested and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, tell me he's uninterested after watching the way that he got riled up there. So um, go into this bye week, take a breather for a second, and come out sharp as attack. You play a soft as baby diarrhea schedule. They're playing Pampers the rest of the year. It is good. It is bad at the same time. I don't know. It's weird. You played a lot of good teams early. You're going to play a lot of bad teams late. You're going to get to be sharp and clean things up more than if you were playing a really gauntlet schedule. But at the same time, you need to make sure you are, like we've said all year, peaking into the playoffs. Hit your stride in late December, in the beginning of January, and then go fucking light someone up in the wild card round or, God forbid, if you do somehow get the one seed. Go burn someone's house down. That's what they need to have their eyes on. Yeah, definitely. Got to get there first. And I mean, yeah, those losses are shown to be not that bad. I don't think in retrospect are not as bad as we thought. I mean, the Bills, I can understand a loss there either way. People flipped out about the Dolphins at the time, I think partially because obviously the way it happened, that's understandable, but also because it was the Dolphins and it was Tua and all that stuff. They showed themselves to be a very strong team, I think, to your point. Maybe not that deep, but they have the star power. Giants are going to be a playoff team. I mean, those are three acceptable losses, I think. And you're six and three. You're going into the bye. You mentioned the soft schedule uh, the rest of the way. And uh, it's kind of like we kind of like we said, it's even better than we said. If you could go one and one and take five and four into the bye and then rip off these uh, rip off these uh, easy wins coming up or it should be easy wins coming up, then you're in a good spot. Um, but you're six and three. You're better than we budgeted for. So. Go ahead and take care of business the rest of the way. That's what this is all about. TCB. Justin Houston, tomorrow. man. Justin Houston, like, what is going on? He is, he uses generally the same, like, variation of one move in three ways and is just on some other shit right now. He, he's all having the best, one of the best. He, what, he had like a 20 sack year in KC, I think. And yeah, he, the, he is on a, he's the first Ravens player with multi sack games in three consecutive games. Like this defense is dis- is going to be disgusting, and what they're about to do to the poor likes of the poor likes of the Panthers, the Jaguars, the Broncos, the Steelers, the next four games for the Ravens. Oh my God! What this defense is about to do is going to be filthy, disgusting, nasty. Breaking news coming across the wire from uh, Baltimore Suns Jonas Schaefer standing in front of the podium with Kenyon Drake, who says on the Ravens pounding New Orleans with their power running game, quote, the human will can only take so much. Seriously. And it is like the, and we've talked about it, it's the zig versus the zag and all that crap and whatever that's become. And it's like they zagged way before anyone else did. And now the rest of the NFL zagging and who, who made the, you know, the innovation first, who got ahead of it, who is comfortable in that they're going back to doing zone read stuff. Like they advanced well beyond zone read into the bash and the power read and the veer and all that kind of stuff. Now they've gone so far. Teams are so fearful of that. They could just do the basic zone read stuff that they mastered years ago. It's like, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's insane. And football is cyclical. It feels like they knew that. And look at the Titans that not that they beat the chiefs, but my God, they didn't not beat the chiefs kind of, and look at the Seahawks and look at the Eagles and, all these teams that are running at will against these lighter, smaller defenses, and the Ravens can defend the run and play too high. It's just the 
they had some injuries, man, over the last couple of years. And, and again, you know, they haven't won the Super Bowl. Super Bowls aren't won in November, but it just feels like the recipe, the formula, the philosophy, the idea, and your article that you wrote about flipping your ideology on when and how you do things throughout a longer season than it has been ever. I think they've got the right stuff, man, to, to maybe do something special. And I just think the passion we're seeing out of Lamar, the intensity we're seeing out of this defense, how hungry Mike McDonald is to prove himself, who could we could be talking about someone that gets poached by the end of the year. I mean, he is a love child of Dean Pease and Wink Martindale, two of the most respected defensive minds in the sport. So Marcus Williams, we got Turner W here in the, in the comments. Marcus Williams comes back. They didn't have Mark Andrews tonight. They don't have Rashad Bateman. They were playing a bunch of rookie day and rookie and like day three picks that they made in the last like three years. And they're eating people alive. Geno Stone is a stud. Like this team's weird. This team is stubborn and fun. And I'm excited. Very excited for, for what's going on with this Ravens front seven. Man, I don't know. Go go sign Lamar Jackson to a long term extension over the buy. Go go slap two forty five million fully guaranteed six years on on call him up, slap it on there, see what happens. I think this. I think if you do that, you might have the the Michael Jordan secret stuff to go win a Super Bowl. I think the vibes are so high and that they are firing on cylinders in the right direction at the right time to the point where you can go win a Super Bowl if you make that move. Absolutely, get him in a room, get him in a room, and say, hey, like. I know this is weighing on you. This was an albatross. Let's just get this thing done because we got the shit that we need to need to have in order to uh, do something this season and maybe even beyond and hopefully beyond because we're committing to you for a long time. And that's for good reason because you've earned it. So uh, that's that. Anything else from tonight? Clayus Campbell, Justin Houston, guys that easily could have retired last year. And Houston, or, it, yeah, Houston said to the media just now that he literally was thinking about retiring. Like he was seriously considering it. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't come back until what you know, late July. Yeah, they they slapped that tag on him where he can't go anywhere else. He basically had to retire, play for them, which was a sneaky but awesome move. Our boy Brent Urban tips a ball up for him to go get a pick. I mean, they just have such a balance of veterans and younger players that are getting reps right now, and and they can just lean on those veterans, lean on their defense. And figure it out. They just have to figure it out offensively. They aren't a bad offensive team. They are not an average offensive team. They are pretty efficient. They have a good quarterback and a good offensive line. Just stay healthy, lick your wounds through the bye, make a couple tweaks, figure out your pass game, whatever the hell's going on. And I don't know, man. This is a weird year in football and a weird team that. I am enjoying watching very much so. I, I love this team. I'm having a blast. Same. I'm right there with you. So uh, I guess that does it for us tonight. Thank you all for listening very much. Very fun win here. Uh, 2014, 2012-ish kind of vibes in this one, going into a hostile environment, NFC team, and getting it done. Uh, so yeah, ton of fun to watch as always. And uh, enjoy your bye weeks, folks. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll be pumping some content out throughout. Maybe we'll uh, take uh, one episode break or something of that nature. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, just enjoy the fact that the Ravens are six and three and they got that schedule coming up. So thanks for listening. Follow the show on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. I am at Jake Luke. That's L-O-U-Q-U-E. Spencer is at Ravens for dummies. That's the number four in the middle there. Thanks, guys. I'm going to go uh, take some NyQuil and pass the fuck out. Uh, and uh, this was a lot of fun.
Go check out the money downs. I'll have it out probably in the next 48 hours. See ya. Arrivederci. Where is the wise man? Where is the scholar? Where is the philosopher of this age? 